In this uh, time of Lent, we have been on the journey to the cross, and we've been mirroring the physical journey that Jesus himself would have taken. And last week, James really helpfully um, had a map up on the screen and was just reminding us of the journey that we were going on. And last week, you were at the River Jordan, where there was an argument that broke out between some of the disciples. Well, we're continuing on that journey today. And today, we find ourselves in Jericho, where a miracle is performed. And so I'm going to read that part of scripture for us this morning from Mark 10, verse 46 to 52. You can follow it if you've got a Bible or a phone, but it will also be on the screen. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Bible and that together we can go to scripture and we can look at your words. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as we do that together today, that you would use the words that I prepared, you would take away what is not helpful, but that we would encounter you again this morning. Speak to us, we pray. Amen. I think for us to fully understand this story, we've got to try and visualize the scene and understand some of the context. So I have actually got quite an extensive PowerPoint. Don't be put off by that. But there are just some visuals that if that is helpful for you to be able to kind of get yourself into the scene, then they will be coming up on the screen at different points. But questions that I have pondered in preparation for our time together is why is this particular encounter, this particular miracle, this particular story in the Bible, and what is the significance that we can learn from Bartimaeus? Because Bartimaeus is a very ordinary man, and actually in the culture of that time, sadly, would have probably be, been seen as less than ordinary because of his blindness. However, Mark is very clear. Bartimaeus is somebody for us to imitate. So there's things for us to learn from him. So if you're up for it, let's see about going on this journey. And I would love for you to try and visualize some of this and try and picture yourself in the shoes of some of the different characters as we go. So here we are 
in Jericho, about 15 miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus and those walking with him are on the way to the Passover. It's dry, hot, dusty. There's a hustle and bustle around the place because Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, um, has got his followers and his disciples and those that are learning walking with him. And essentially, that was the way that you learned things. That Now, Jewish law required that all Jews over the age of 12, all male Jews, must attend the Passover. But the practicalities of that meant that some people just could not do that. That law could not be fulfilled. People like Bartimaeus could not do that. And so what they would do is they would sit and line the streets and they would greet those Passover pilgrims as they walked to the Passover. And it's very probable that actually, because there has been talk of this young Galilean, Jesus, there could have been a bit more hustle and bustle than normal. Hopefully you're still with me, visualizing this scene, getting yourself into that place, using these slides if that's helpful. Let's imagine the disciples for a little minute. The disciples are so expectant. They're so excited, they're kind of hanging on every single word that Jesus is saying. But they're also probably a little bit tired, a little bit hungry. And I don't know about you, but my experience as a mum with boys is when we're walking and they're tired and they're hungry, they become a little bit hangry. Okay? That's usually what happens. Is that my, is, am I the only one that's got that experience? No, some of you are giving me a little bit of interaction. That's great. Um, and so they enter the northern gate. These disciples that are excited, expectant, but also a little bit kind of on edge maybe. And at the northern gate, there's a beggar, blind Bartimaeus, sitting there. And for him, because he's blind, the sounds are really important to him. They give him a sense of what is going on. And so for blind Bartimaeus, he would have heard the tramp, tramp, tramp of feet. And then suddenly, he starts to ask, what's happening? Who's coming? What's going on? And he's told, Jesus is here. He has to create quite an uproar to get noticed. And so that's what he starts to do, doesn't he? And we've seen from the verses that we've read, to the disciples, he is such a nuisance, and they just want him to be quiet and shut up, and they want to be able to go on their merry way. So what does Bartimaeus do? He starts to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. And in the message translation of verse 48, it says that actually when they told him to be quiet, he just yelled all the more louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. He is trying to create a scene. And that's one of the first things that we can learn from Bartimaeus. I don't mean create a scene, but I mean show persistence. He is utterly determined to meet with Jesus. He is utterly determined. And even before he's had personal contact and connection with Jesus, he shows faith. He's declaring the truth of Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, where that messianic promise is there, where Isaiah has said and has spoken of a son who will come, mighty God, eternal father, 
And he would be the son that would reign on the throne of King David. You know, Jesus actually isn't really wanting to bring attention to that side of things. And the Pharisees are questioning his authority and actually who is he and asking questions about his identity. Bartimaeus, the ordinary man, is bellowing out the truth of who Jesus is because he's desperate and he's determined to encounter Jesus. What about us? Do we still have... Do we sit here today with that same desperate desire to encounter Jesus? If you sit here as a Christian, you actually know how the journey to the cross unfolds. You know that Jesus died on a cross to take away our sins, to bring freedom to the captives. And then he rose again three days later to show that he was for once and for all triumphing over death. That is what happened. We know that if we sit here as a Christian. But blind Bartimaeus didn't know that. He didn't know that because that hadn't happened yet. But in this moment, he shows such an extraordinary faith. So what about us? Do we have that desire to encounter him when we sit here today? And I know that for many of us, we find that hard when we have difficult challenges, circumstances that we're going through. I recognize that. And I know for some of us sitting here today, that is the place we find ourselves in. Or actually, when we look out and we see what is happening in our world, we think, I don't actually know how to be expectant, determined. For me as a parent, sometimes when I'm trying to explain to my four-year-old the war in Ukraine, I don't have the words. I don't know what to say. And I do think, what is the world going to be like when they are grown up? But actually, when I see and hear the determined faith of others, just like I did this week when I was listening to a radio interview of a Christian Ukrainian woman who said from her war-torn country, I continue to put my faith in Jesus and trust him whilst also praying for those who want to tear my country down. Despite the circumstances, despite all of the challenges, despite maybe other voices, because that's sometimes what we can do, isn't it? Sometimes when we're in those moments, we can actually listen more to the voices of, say, the disciples who are telling us to be quiet, stop talking. Instead, we're reminded to listen out for Jesus. Our faith in Jesus should be full of determination. That's the first point. So that's all that happened. Big stuff happening in verses 46 to 48. Then we get to verse 49, where Jesus stops. Now, go back to visualizing this moment. I said about the fact that the sounds are really important to blind Bartimaeus. That's how he knew that people were coming, and he asked the question, who's coming, what's happening? But the moment that Jesus stops, I can imagine that all the disciples stopped as well. And so suddenly, there isn't that sound of that tramp, tramp, tramp of feet walking And so Bartimaeus knows something has happened. He's called forward. 
and he is so eager to go. It says in the text that he threw off his cloak. Now, you might think that's an interesting piece of information. Is that really relevant? Well, it is relevant because the cloak was a really important piece of clothing. The cloak was there as a garment, but also to serve as a blanket at night. And for Bartimaeus, it would have also been something that he would have laid out on the ground, probably, for people to throw money on when he was begging. This cloak is a sign of security for him. And so maybe he does throw it off because practically, and in his eagerness, he runs and actually he doesn't want this cloak to stop him from getting to Jesus. That could be the only reason it's there. But I also wonder, and people much more learned than me have wondered, is it actually because he's saying with the faith that he's showing, I don't need that cloak of security anymore. I am expectant to get all of my security from Jesus. And if we know Jesus today, we're not surprised by that, are we? Jesus does exactly what we expect him to do. He does exactly what the disciples should have expected him to do, but once again, they often didn't get it. Such an encouragement for us. And so the question is, do we, as we sit here today, have that same sense of expectation in Jesus, that he will impact our own real lives, you and me today, because I truly believe he wants to stop and encounter each of us today. Jesus wants to stop just like he did for Bartimaeus. And as I said, Bartimaeus' response is immediate. It's eager and it's honest, and he wants to go. And I know we can struggle sometimes to do that. We can struggle sometimes to do that, can't we? Sometimes it might be that we do hear from Jesus, but actually, if you're anything like me, I sometimes go, but I just want to get this answer to this question first, or I just want to sort this bit out before I actually step into that. Maybe if Bartimaeus hadn't responded, when he did, he wouldn't have had the encounter that he did. We don't know, do we? But it's something for us to be reminded of again today. Now, of course, it's not about us making knee-jerk reactions. It's not about us making unwise decisions and choices. It's about us making faith-filled responses to Jesus through Holy Spirit guiding us. But could it be said that we sometimes talk ourselves out of these things? And sometimes, if we're really honest, we hold on to these cloaks of security for maybe longer than we should. Is God asking you this morning to maybe take that cloak of security, whatever it may be, off, lay it down, for him to be able to give you the thing that he wants you individually to pick up. I can testify to times where God has asked me to lay something down, and that has been hard. When I was a probation officer in England, and I was kind of in my career, and I was enjoying that, I really sensed God say to me, you now need to lay all of that down, and you need to go back into full-time Christian ministry. And I thought, really? 
That was hard to do. It didn't only mean a change of job, it meant a geographical move, and I had uncertainty in that moment. But God asked me to do that, and so I did that. And once again, the same thing happened when we as a family came here for the interview that Andy had when he was coming to be youth worker. Some of you will know this story, and I'm not going to go into lots of detail about it, but I sat on this side of the auditorium, eight-week-old baby in my arms. I'd had an emergency C-section, so I was recovering, and I can tell you, I was not expectant for God to speak to me, and I was there very reluctantly. But God said to me, this is where you're meant to be. And once again, I said, really, God? But I can testify to the fact that I know that this is where we're meant to have been. And that has been a tough call, and I have questioned that at times. But I also know that there have been so many blessings and encouragements along the way. So our faith needs to be full of determination, but our faith also needs to be full of expectation of what Jesus might do. Then when we look at verse 51, Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what do you want? And there is such a clear response from Bartimaeus. I want to see. This is such a contrast to the answers that the disciples gave in the passage that we were looking at last week. In the passage that we were looking at last week, when they're asked what they want, it was all about requests for power, requests for glory and prestige. And if we look across our world, and if we look across the church in our land, we see time and time again when a request for power ends up leading to destruction and damage. Pete Gregg said this on social media the other week. Honestly, I'm a little tired of celebrity pastors and the constant stream of scandals and the swagger of many megachurches. I'm troubled by the loud applause we give to pride and mere efficiency the dearth of simple kindness, humility, and mess in the way we build community. Can we all just put down our spreadsheets and our smartphones for a moment and simply remember Jesus? It's all about Jesus. It needs to all be for Jesus. And Bartimaeus shows that. His ask is eager but simple. He just wants to be able to see. And Jesus then says, go, your faith has healed you. But in some translations, it says, go, your faith has healed you and saved you. You see, this isn't just about a physical healing. It's also about him coming to a point of salvation. The key to salvation is faith in Jesus, recognizing what he did on the cross, as I said right at the beginning, because it's Jesus who has the power to bring people out of darkness into light. It's Jesus that has the power to rescue people from the situations that they find hard. It's Jesus that has the power to take you and me, ordinary people, and he wants to use us to do extraordinary things. And a lot of the time we don't feel worthy of doing that. And we maybe think and look at our own lives and go, what, me? God wants to do that. And that's why it's all about having a faith that grows in determination, grows in expectation. 
And maybe you sit here today and actually you wouldn't even yet call yourself a Christian. You're here because you're asking questions. You felt a prompting, a nudging maybe. And you've maybe been coming around some of our communities, but you're still not there yet. Well, firstly, we love having you here. We love being here to help you find answers to those questions. But I wonder if Jesus wants to get to know you today. Or maybe you sit here and actually you go, but because of my stuff, my past, my wrestlings, the circumstances that I'm in, if I'm really honest, my faith might be there, but I just feel pretty battered by it all right now. You know, we can know in our head, can't we, that Jesus is at work somewhere doing something, but actually our hearts are having real trouble believing that. Maybe today is the start of your journey or the time to bring your battered faith back to him. I don't know about you, but I wrestle with these things and I ask questions still. But I do know that I am eager and I long to see more people physically healed. I am eager and I long to see more people come to know Jesus and find salvation in him. I am desperate to see people really fully understand their true identity in Jesus and from that place be all that God has intended them to be. Because I know the impact that Jesus has had on my life and I try and remember that every single day and I don't always get it right. But we're on this journey individually but also together. And in the notices that we heard earlier, Maybe baptism is the thing for you. You haven't yet done that, made that declaration of faith. Do speak to Naomi about that because we would love to do that with you on Easter Sunday. So our faith in Jesus should be full of determination, expectation, and eagerness. And finally, we see in the last part of this story that Bartimaeus just starts to follow Jesus. It's kind of this little tiny bit at the end of this passage. He's gone from a man in need to a man of gratitude to a man of loyalty, bringing all glory to Jesus. That's all he's about. He's all about just seeing where Jesus is and going with him. And I actually feel like as much as there's been challenges in our church family, we have also been in such an encouraging season and time in the church family. Over the last couple of months, yes, there have been ups and downs, but actually we've had the student weekend away, we've had the young adults weekend away, we've had the youth weekend away, the worship leaders have been on a retreat, We've had the development of work with asylum seekers in our cafe. Our clothes bank is leading to amazing conversations with people. We've heard of our football team who have been starting to come around some of our communities, some of the players. We've had all-out stories like we heard. I get to hear stories from communities all the time. But if we're really honest, we run the risk of missing all of that because we stay in a place of going, why God? What are you doing, God? And in the story of Bartimaeus, what we see is him simply looking for where Jesus is. And when he sees him physically 
and also spiritually, he just wants to go with him. And I've been privileged to spend a bit more time with some of our students who sit here today and some of our young adults um, individually. And I've been so challenged and encouraged by the faith that they show. So many of them full of determination. It was great to hear that word that Liv had been given. I really sense that that is for us today. But you know, one of the things I absolutely love, in the student ministry, they have a document where Tamsin and others write in that all the time, like a Google Doc, of the different testimonies, answers to prayer that are happening all the time. Go up to them today. Ask them. Ask them what has been going on. And what we're hoping to do is to relaunch our Rooted podcast with being able to share with you some of these stories of what is happening in and through the life of our church. Because each and every one of us have got a story to tell. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And that is where we get to today. You know, when our faith is full of determination, is full of expectation, is full of eagerness, it's a reminder that God wants to use us to do extraordinary things and to bring glory back to him. So how do we respond today? Well, I've kind of sensed that there might be three different groups of people today. And the worship band are going to come up in a moment. But firstly, maybe you sit here today and you'd say, actually, I don't yet call myself a Christian. I haven't yet accepted what Jesus did by dying on the cross for me. And actually, I think today is the day where I want to do that. We would love to pray with you to make today a day where, I don't promise you it will be the easiest life, but I do promise you it will be the best life. A life of freedom, choosing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've sat here today and actually you've visualized this story and you've related to Bartimaeus because you are full of faith and expectancy, but you still haven't seen breakthrough in a situation or answers to prayer. We would love to pray for you as well. But I also wonder if there's some of us that sit here today and if we're really honest, our faith feels battered. And as individuals and a church, we are called to be expectant, even though we may be blind to what the future holds. And God cares, and he wants to come and meet with you so that you go into a place of simply asking the question, where are you, Jesus? and encountering him. Why don't you stand with me if you are able. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of Bartimaeus and the example that he is to us. Holy Spirit, I know that you have been speaking to people in this room, whether it be to make a decision of faith today whether it be to make a decision to bring battered faith back to you. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us? Would you come and meet us where we are at? Would we have a posture of hands open to receive from you, we pray. Amen.